Usually I do React videos today. Um, I've been called out recently for doing a lot of Dave Ramsey stuff, but Dave Ramsey stuff does the best and I'm trying to give the people what they want. But today we're gonna react to a video about what's happening in the economy because a lot of stuff is going on and I think we gotta cover it. Hey everybody, my name's AJ and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we get any further, please make sure to destroy the like button for the YouTube algorithm, hit a subscribe, comment down below. Anything you do helps us spread this financial information to as many people as possible. And we also want to help people avoid those financial pitfalls that are gonna get them in trouble. So yesterday it was announced by the Federal Reserve that inflation actually went up. So I know we've been talking on this channel quite a bit about inflation, the interest rate hikes that have been occurring, and how that might affect the economy in order to reduce the amount of free-flowing money out there. However, they came out and said yesterday that it rose 0.4% despite everything that they've done, and they've already committed to raising interest rates two more times before the year's over. Because of this announcement, it looks like those interest rate hikes are gonna continue to be large and we've noticed some significant effects in the housing market. So I found a video today by Jason Walter, real estate YouTuber and guru. He made an episode following the CPI report called something huge is about to happen to the housing market. I think we gotta watch and I'll do my best to try and break down what it is that he's talking about and how it might affect us as some ordinary investors and what that means for our financial futures. Let's get into it. So this CPI report for September was just released this morning, which is um, October 13th on Thursday. This is causing a lot of havoc amongst the markets regarding the stock market and of course the bond market as well. And, and the bond market of course affects um, the housing market because it impacts mortgage rates. So in today's video, I'm gonna share an update regarding mortgage rates, which by the way, have surged to a new 22 year high, which is absolutely insane. So just think about that for a second. We're at a 22 year high in interest rates, which means that the Federal Reserve suspects our economy to be worse than it was in 2007 and 2008. That's not great. It's not great. So anyways, um, let's go ahead and dive right in. Here's what I wanna share with you guys today. Uh, this is on CNBC um, as of today. Uh, they say that CPI index uh, for uh, September uh, came at 0.4% increase for the month. Uh, that's more than the estimate of 0.3% from the Dow Jones. And therefore, on an analyzed basis here, inflation's at 8.2%. So in other words, this inflation report came in hotter than expected, and that's wreaking havoc amongst uh, the markets right now. Uh, so at 8.2% right now, and this can mean that the Fed's gonna be more aggressive uh, for future uh, rate hikes uh, this year. And the Fed's meeting two more times this year. So why does this interest rate increase matter to us? So I, I had a video out a little while ago talking about how the rich avoid taxes by taking out debt as opposed to selling their assets. Then they use that debt money in order to fund things that they want to fund like their lifestyle or other assets and i showed how the offset of taking out that debt and then investing it into something actually makes them significantly more money in the long term so it's worth it for them to take out debt as opposed to paying out taxes the reason that this affects us is that when the interest rates go up that becomes less and less of something that makes sense so as they get higher and higher the wealthy major hedge funds man, uh, major hedge fund managers and even just regular investors will take out less debt in order to buy assets so an example that we use often is real estate mortgages are going up 
the chances of us taking out debt in order to buy real estate goes down because it's becoming more expensive to do this process. So as a result, the amount of money that flows through the system constricts a little bit. And the higher you raise the interest rates, the more that that constricts. And so they're hoping that by restricting the amount of cash flow in the system, that we're going to see lower prices on items. But the problem with this is that lower prices on items don't start to show up until people are unable to afford the product at the price it currently stands, which means it takes a while for that process to start hitting. We've seen it in real estate pretty quickly as interest rates in real estate because that's a direct debt style um, purchase. Um, because as interest rates increase, people are less interested in buying real estate. And as the real estate prices start to drop, then they become more interested. Well, for food, it takes a little while longer for that to occur. And the CPI, the consumer price index, which Walter's talking about here, is mostly concerning things like housing, food, fuel, the basic necessities that the government believes it takes for you to survive. That's where the CPI comes from. So, as the cash flow is starting to restrict, we're going to have to see those items become more expensive for a while before people are unable to buy them and it starts driving the price down. The problem is we've seen great employment recently, which means people are able to afford these prices. And as long as they're able to afford them, it's hard to drive the prices down. So I just wanted to give you a little bit uh, like a little brief history of how that stuff works so that it kind of puts some of this into context for the rest of the video here. And therefore this happens, this could cause mortgage rates to increase further. And have a look at this. The yield on the 10 year US Treasury note is sitting at 3.9%, up very slightly compared to yesterday uh, by about three basis points uh, so, far this, uh, uh, so far as of today. Uh, but when the CPI report was released this morning, which was released at, I think it was 5.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8.30 Eastern, uh, the yield surpassed 4%. So the yield actually skyrocketed and that caused the average 30 year fix, according to the Morris News Daily, uh, for people with exceptional credit, of course, uh, increasing to 7.20%. And by the way, this is the highest rates we've had since uh, 2000. In other words, this is a 22 year high for mortgage rates. So we've, we've explained before that whenever the interest rates on mortgages go up by 1%, it tends to drop the price of a property down by 10% because most people look at properties in terms of how much they can afford monthly. And so when an interest rate goes up 1%, the house actually has to go down by 10% in order to produce the same monthly rate. So when this sort of recession started out, the mortgage rates were going up and houses weren't dropping at the right pace. And what that tells us is that the demand for houses was so high that it was higher than the current price of houses. And if nothing changed, the price of houses would have continued to rise. But soon after that, we saw an equilibrium take place where the housing prices leveled off. And then we started to see it drop. We saw an equilibrium again recently, like right now, but that's because the interest rates stayed stagnant for a month or two during the summer. They recently rose last month and they're looking to raise them again. And that would indicate that at some point, because there's a delay in the housing market when it comes to interest rates, like if you lock in a rate, you get to lock that in for 90 days. So at some point, these interest rates are going to start being applicable to people looking for homes and home values are going to drop again. We should be seeing that here this winter and housing rates tend to drop in the winter anyways. So 
I think we're going to see a pretty significant drop. I think he's going to talk about that, but I just wanted to cover that 1%, uh, 10% rule. Back one year ago, rates were at 3.18%. So in other words, rates have increased over four percentage points in one single year. So here's the impacts regarding home buyers right now regarding this giant spike in mortgage rates, which is mind-blowing given the fact that rates uh, on August 1st were 5.05%. Now they're 7.22 or 7.2%. Absolutely insane. Anyways, here's the impacts regarding current uh, potential home buyers looking to buy a house right now. Uh, because of course, number one would be a lack of buyers purchasing power because if rates increase four percentage points, that decreases buyers purchasing power by about 40%, which is just mind blowing. There you go. So he said the exact same thing. If you increased um, interest rates by 4%, it decreases buying power by 40% because 1% equals 10, 4% equals 40. Significant loss of buying power on real estate. That's pretty intense. Average monthly mortgage payment uh, one year ago compared to today. When we take into account the median sold price one year ago compared to now, and of course rates one year ago, and also rates compared to it right now. So one year ago, the median sold price according to Redfin was 344,000. That's a national uh, median sold price. Uh, one year ago as well, uh, rates were at 3.18%. So the P&I payment based on this scenario right here, would be $1,187 per month. However, though, fast forward one year, the median sold price, 368,000 at 7.2%, the new payment would be just under $2,000, $1,988 per month. And by my math, that's an increase of $811 per month to buy a median price home today versus one year ago. In other words, that's a 68% year-over-year increase. So if you go to uh, realtor.com slash research slash data, and then click on this link right here, it takes you more or less to this data right here, which I have kind of uh, not changed, but I've color-coded and also provided my own analysis. But here's what we're seeing right now uh, for the week ending October 8th. So the median list price uh, across the United States right now is 13.3%. Uh, that's the percent increase in the median asking price uh, compared to one year ago, right? And for three consecutive months, we've been seeing uh, this being flat. So the gains we've been seeing is at 13.3% uh, compared to one year ago. I'm guessing this is going to likely um, decrease in the months ahead, given the fact that rates are at 22-year highs right now. Let's look at active listing count, though. This is the number of houses listed for sale uh, compared to the same time period one year ago. So for, what is this, for 15 consecutive weeks, we've been um, having uh, gains uh, in the range of 25% to now about 30% uh, for active listing count. In other words, an increase of um, housing supply compared to one year ago. But look at this though, for, uh, what is this? Um, one, two, three, four consecutive weeks, we've had an increase of active listing inventory. Uh, in other words, we're seeing more houses listed for sale compared to the same time period one year ago. And the big significance regarding this is take a look at this right here because we've been seeing double digit declines of new listings for two consecutive weeks. So even though we're seeing this huge pullback of new listings, in other words, we're not seeing enough people list their houses for sale and down uh, by double digits for two consecutive weeks now, even though we're seeing that, inventory has been actually rising for four consecutive weeks now. This is telling me that home buying demand is decreasing even greater than it was just a couple months ago because even though we're seeing not enough houses being listed for sale, inventory is still rising. So what's interesting about that is that 
there are more houses on the market to buy right now, despite the fact that the number of people putting houses on the market have dramatically dropped. The problem with people putting um, houses on the market is that if you're going to sell your home and buy a home somewhere else, you have to then take on that interest rate or the new prices. So it puts people in a weird position where like, if we sell, we're going to take a hit. And if we go buy it, we might also take a hit. So people are in the mindset of wanting to wait things out. At some point, life starts to take over a little bit and we're seeing increase in interest rates even further. So I have a feeling that this waiting that people are doing is going to come to an end at some point and they're going to find that the stability of the market is not in the place that they wanted it to be and they're going to have to start making decisions about that um, we don't know when that's going to be and the data right now doesn't support that that's taking place so we'll have to wait and see on that one and here's another trend we're seeing right now in our housing market because for 11 consecutive weeks now uh, it's taking longer for home sellers to sell their houses so for the most recent week, which is October 8th, of course, it's taking about seven days longer to sell a house compared to the same time period one year ago. And one thing I wanna mention regarding this is that this is a lagging indicator because this is based on houses that have actually closed escrow. So seven days is a median days in the market for houses that actually have closed escrow. In other words, what our housing market was like one or two months ago. So because of our seasonality of our housing market, because we're approaching the winter months when our housing market gets a little bit slower, that coupled with the fact that rates have increased greatly to a 7.2% at the time of this video, I'm guessing that the number of days in the market is gonna be increasing in the months ahead. And here's another trend I anticipate will be increasing in the weeks and months ahead as well because uh, the number of reduced price listings uh, on a year-over-year -year basis has increased by 86%. This is a huge increase because last week it was 68.3% right here. So at 86% right now, uh, this is not much lower than the year-to-date highs that we saw in mid-June all the way until mid-July this year. I'll definitely keep you posted regarding this because if this number continues to skyrocket, uh, that'd be an indication that home buying demand is decreasing greatly and or overzealous home sellers. So the share of price drops according to Altos is at 42%. 41.9% uh, to be exact. Uh, one year ago, it was 29%. In 2020, it was 26%. And pre-COVID, it was about uh, 37%. So the share of price drops right now is at least a three-year high. But look at this. The share of price drops, as you guys all know, absolutely skyrocketed uh, once we hit April. But once we hit August, the share of price drops more or less kind of leveled off a little bit. But in September, that rate has started to increase once again. All right, that's the end of the video. If you got something out of that, head over to Jason Walter and give him a like. Um, anything that we can give him would help out. He looks like he did a lot of work in breaking down this information. Um, subscribe to him if you can. I'll link to it in the comments down below, so check it out. But what are the key takeaways here? So some of the things, I mean, pretty much everything he's saying here is the exact same thing we've been saying. I think that what we're going to see at some point in the future here is that listings are going to start to go up. People are going to start to realize that this is what the market looks like and they got to start to go up. I think at some point we're also going to see investors starting to bail out of their deals. So we did a video a while back showing a house that we were looking at and how many repairs the house was going to need in order to be put on the market. And we figured that the house was overpriced by like $150,000. And that home was owned by an investing firm. So as prices continue to decrease, these investing firms are going to try and 
um, bail out and save their losses at some point. I think we'll see that. And I do think we're going to see houses starting to hit the market. The fact that more houses are on the market are a result of demand going down. Like he pointed out in the video, the amount it takes to purchase a home has gone up tremendously for just the median home, which means demand is just not as high. People aren't running around trying to buy. And it also means that people who currently own homes aren't running around trying to sell. But at some point that's going to flip. And when that flips, what is that going to look like? All of this has been like a really slow decline instead of a crash like in 2008, because what occurred in 2008 was the amount of debt taken out against homes was up here. The amount, the value of homes was like right here. And as soon as that switched, it just started plummeting. We haven't hit that point yet. So according to Molly here on CoreLogic.com, the amount of equity that the average home buyer has is $280,000. That's up. That's a gain of $64,000 over the past year. Because we saw housing prices skyrocket during the pandemic, people have a lot of equity in the home. So as the homes are dropping in value, they're not even getting anywhere close to the equity. And so people don't have to panic sell as we all sit on our properties. And that includes investors like myself. We don't have to panic sell. Everything is going to be fine. So we're seeing a much slower decline than it was in 2008. And I think what we're seeing is a correction and then we're going to see a little bit past the correction as a result of the interest rates being increased in order to try and slow down this inflation. So the correction would be, I think artificially, we saw homes increase way too quickly during the pandemic. The amount of homes that were on the market dramatically dropped. The interest rates dropped tremendously. And this made buying homes really um, interesting to a lot of people. And there was a lot of FOMO around getting houses and purchasing houses. And people scrambled around thinking like, well, if I don't buy, there won't be enough. And wood is, you know, lump, the price of lumber is insane. And I got to get into this now before it's too late. And um, that has all kind of ended. So I think what we're going to see is a correction back to where housing prices probably should be. And then we're going to see something drop maybe a little bit below that. And I don't know what that looks like. Hopefully it's not too low for the houses that I've purchased, but what are the things that we can do or what are the takeaways for us as just kind of regular people um, and what do we need to be doing? So first for your own home, it's if you have plenty of equity in your home, you're okay. Nothing's going to happen. If you're not planning on selling your home anytime soon and you're able to pay the mortgage payment or you have no mortgage payment, you're totally fine. There's nothing for you to really worry about here. For those of us selling our homes in the near future, something you might want to consider is that the prices will continue to drop. So maybe selling now is better. I'm not telling you that that's guaranteed, but the way that it looks is interest rates will continue to rise number of houses on the market will continue to rise and the demand is going to start dropping. Your housing value is going to drop. So, you know, kind of use that data to the best of your knowledge there as to making the best decision for your, you and your family around that one. If you're looking to buy homes, um, it's an interesting time. So the value of homes is dropping as the interest rates go up. And I've pointed out on this channel before that it's okay to buy a home at a high interest rate if you can afford that because at some point in the future, you might be able to refinance to something lower. I say might because there's never a guarantee, but the Federal Reserve does like to keep interest rates low because it helps out the rich people. But um, that's what I'm doing 
as far as my real estate investing right now is I'm okay with high rates as long as I'm buying houses that have dropped as a result of those high rates. So we're kind of sitting on houses. We're watching them kind of drop in value. We're putting offers in that are real low ball. And we're hoping at some point someone's going to take one of those offers and we'll be able to buy a house at a high rate. But as long as the numbers work out for us to be able to make sure we're, we're producing cash flow, then at some point in the future, we can refinance down to a lower rate and then maybe even take cash out to go buy more properties. And lastly, for those of us who don't own homes at all, what does this mean? Well, the CPI report is not looking good. It means that interest rates are continued to climb, and I think we're gonna see a constriction of funds in order to try and force a downward trend in pricing. That means, like I said a few weeks ago in a React video I did for TikTok, um, about quiet quitting, that layoffs are gonna happen. As the amount of cash constricts, People can't keep hiring people and they're going to have to start laying people off. And we're seeing tremendous layoffs already starting. I think they're only going to get worse. So if you have a good, consistent job, now is the time to excel at that job and show them why you need to be here. Because just like investing, you want a job when the market is down, because when the market comes back up, the people who had jobs are the ones who are going to see promotions and increase in salary. And the people who didn't have jobs are going to get into those entry-level positions that are just now opening up. As far as investors, we're going to continue to buy this dip. We're going to lower our dollar cost average as we continue going through this recession. And generally, the harder the recession, the bigger the return afterwards. So we're hoping that at some point here, we're going to see launches in what it is that we're investing. And we're really excited about that. I know it's tough right now, but now's not the time to panic. It's the time to just relax, put money in on a regular consistent basis. And at some point we're all gonna get together on this channel and watch that stuff grow and it's gonna be very exciting. The last thing I wanna say is that now might be the time to expand your emergency fund. I pointed out in an episode I did a few days ago about the baby steps for Dave Ramsey that I disagreed with his $1,000 baby step that you have to kind of decide what your emergency fund is going to be based off of your own circumstances. Well, if we're going to see layoffs, if the market's going to continue to struggle in order to force a downward trend in prices, we're going to have a little bit of a tough time here for a while. It might be a better idea to have a larger emergency fund. Get your emergency fund squared away. Be ready for anything that happens because we want to come out on the other side of this recession looking super awesome, as well as all the other people who are watching The Wealthy Idiots. We're trying to create a community here of being able to weather this storm and come out looking wealthy and fantastic. And really any idiot is capable of doing this. If we're capable of doing it, you're capable of doing it. So please like and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any good content. Head to wealthyidiots.com and bookmark that page because we're putting out new data that relates to you on a regular basis. And I'll see you guys next time.